Could family genetics be a reason that no matter what we try, we still can't lose the fat and inches from our problem areas? To learn more, we spoke to Dr. Brian Strand from Sonobello. While some people can eat everything and stay thin, others diet and exercise daily and still pack on fat and inches to their problem areas. It's not your fault. It can be genetics. If you struggle to lose the fat from your tummy, love handles, thighs, and back, you're likely battling your family genetics. The good news is we have an answer. Sonabello uses a remarkable technique called microlaser fat removal. In one comfortable visit, the fat in your hardest places to lose is gone permanently. Stop wrestling with your family genes and lose the fat permanently. And right now, you can save $250. The results are life-changing. Do this for you. Don't wait. Visit sonobello.com slash save. Sonobello.com slash save. Sonobello.com slash save. With no fees or minimums and no overdraft fees, banking with Capital One is the easiest decision in the history of decisions. Even easier than choosing Charles Barkley in a pickup game. We'll take Barkley. Ha! First pick. Sorry, kids. Yep, even easier than that. With no fees or minimums and no overdraft fees, is it even a decision? Okay, here's the plan. Pass me the ball every time. This is banking reimagined. What's in your wallet? Terms apply. See CapitalOne.com slash bank for details. Capital One and a member FDIC. Whether you're a skeptic or a believer, join me, Rob McConnell, as together we'll investigate the world of the paranormal and the science of parapsychology here on the Exxon Radio TV show on XZBN and the Exxon TV channel on Simul TV. Since 1990, the Exxon Radio TV show has been the place where people dare to believe and dare to be heard. Together, we'll investigate UFOs, aliens, ghosts, Bigfoot, psychic phenomenon, lake monsters, conspiracy theories, government cover-ups, the truth embargo, alien abductions, ESP, haunted locations from around the world, and so much more. With over 28 years of broadcasting and more than 4,500 individual guests, The X-Zone is truly a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality, as evidenced by the credibility, integrity, and professionalism of the guests that we bring to our international audience. If you have seen a UFO, had a close encounter, seen a ghost, Bigfoot, lake monster, or a story that you would like to share or have investigated, contact me, Rob McConnell by sending me your email to xzone at xzoneradiotv.com or you can call toll-free 1-800-610-7035 extension 143 and on Skype, Exxon Radio TV. For more information on the Exxon Radio TV show with yours truly, Rob McConnell, visit www.exzoneradiotv.com or www.xzonetvchannel.com or simultv.com and xzbn.net. Until next we meet here in the Exxon from our broadcast center and studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Always remember Exxon Nation. Keep your eyes to the sky and your heart in the light.
Welcome to the Connecting with Coincidence radio show with Dr. Bernie Beitman, MD, bringing together the world's synchronicity experts to help you use meaningful coincidences to develop spiritually, psychologically, and practically. For more information, put Connecting with Coincidence into your web browser to find the book, website, Psychology Today blog, YouTube channel, and Facebook page. And now, here is the host of the Connecting with Coincidence radio show, Dr. Bernie Beitman, MD. Welcome, welcome, welcome to CC with BB. Yes, I am your host, Dr. Bernie Biteman, MD, and thank you so much for your presence with us. By being here each week, you loyal listeners fuel the blazing flames of coincidences. And by far the biggest compliment you can give us is spreading the word about the show. Word of mouth is how we grow. Thank you for listening, and we appreciate you so very much. Our guest today hears stories from many different people through his synchronicity course. Here is one of those stories, and think about how you would explain it. The person describing it says, I can't find my headphones. I want them for riding on public transit to an event, and I am sure that they are all stashed in a pocket somewhere. I search a few jackets. Dana lends me her special pair and says, don't mess it up. As I am getting ready to go, I choose a button-down shirt that I haven't worn in months that is appropriate for the event. Then, just before I drive away, I notice my own headphones in the shirt pocket. How did I pick that shirt? I go back inside and give Dana back her headphones. This story fits into a theme of finding things that the person put someplace and forgot. There's a lot of stories like this. Some people will explain this as the universe helping them out. I explain it by need triggering subconscious memory that intuitively leads the person to finding the needed item. Our guest today might have a different tag on this. He is Sky Nelson Isaacs, a physics educator, speaker, author, and musician. He has a master's degree in physics from San Francisco State University with a thesis in string theory and a BS in physics from UC Berkeley. Nelson Isaacs has dedicated his life to finding his own sense of purpose, beginning as a student of the yogic master Sri Swami Sachkananda when he was less than five years old. He's writing on topics like flow from integrating this experience into his life. He has written Living in the Flow, the science of synchronicity and how your choices shape your world, and currently conducts a course called the Living in the Flow course. Welcome back to the show, Sky. Thanks, Bernie. It's so great to be on your show. I see you've been really busy with, with a whole great slew of shows over the past few months. Well, thank you very much. Uh, my producer seems to like them, too. That, that, <laughs> that, that's, a good, that's a good sign. Well, it's a great contribution to the field. Well, I'm glad to hear that you and uh, Sharon uh, Rowlett are working together, and also Ritu, who has been on, both of whom have been on the show, because uh, it's it's looking like time to start congealing or conglaborating or something, whatever the right <laughs> word, what word might be, uh, of people uh, studying synchronicity and trying to be able to get the words out about the various ways to uh, approach it, and you've got one. Yeah, the, um, you know, th there have been conferences 
before on this topic, but I think that there's more of a momentum building in, of the wave of people studying this from different perspectives. It would be interesting to gather those people together for a panel uh, in a conference. Yeah, I think that's a very good idea. I think it's, it's the time is coming. Now, you, you, there's many things uh, that, that you are interested in, in looking at synchronicity. One of the, one of the key questions for our audience um, is what is flow? Yeah, so flow was originally put forth the concept by Mihai Csikszentmihalyi, uh, author who, I think from Romania, who wrote about the experience of transcending your worry about control. So if, if usually you're on a, a time, a scale between being extra in control to try and get your, your um, challenges sort of figured out, problems solved, or just throwing your hands in the air and surrendering control and letting go completely, um, either of those sort of creates its own problems. When you surrender control, things happen, which even might, might even be synchronistic, but they kind of get in the way of solutions. And you have to be able to be proactive sometimes in order to solve problems, but also let go because the tighter you clinch onto a solution, the more likely you are to sort of impact somebody negatively and not see a clue of, as to how it needs to evolve. So Csikszentmihalyi talks about transcending the worry about being in control. Like it's the, it's the worry that we have inside of ourselves about whether we're doing the right thing or whether we should be assertive or receptive in the moment. It's the clinging to that that causes the problems. And if we can transcend that and, and stop being anxious about life and be able to dive into relationship with life, um, we can be more in flow. And that, lead, that comes from being more aware of the synchronicities in your life, the ways in which circumstances are showing up to maybe provide you some guidance. Well, being in the flow gives you more opportunity to see the possibilities of synchronicity in your life. Yeah, and, and it's a mutual relationship. Because when you start paying attention to those opportunities, you get into flow. I like reciprocal causation. Yeah. <laughs> well, um, what do you think of the phrase uh, "overprepare and then get into the flow"? Yeah, I think that's great. That's that's uh, how I describe my, you know, philosophy of how I try and operate. Because being underprepared. You know, it's just throwing your hands in the air and going with the flow and, and surrendering to life. But then you don't have the tools necessary to respond. And th the main conclusion that I draw from studying the cosmos from a physics point of view is that we live in a world that is not friendly, not unfriendly, and not even uncaring about us. You know, it's not just purely materialistic, but it's responsive. So the situations that show up in our life are responsive or they're responding in a way to what we've chosen and the, the choices we've made and the thoughts that we're thinking and the feelings that we're feeling. One, of the, one of the unique, relatively unique things about the way you're approaching things is just what you're talking about, that our decisions have a big impact on what happens. It's, it's not like uh, it's always fate uh, or randomness that does it. It's our personal responsibility that creates a lot of what happens around us. And a lot of people writing about coincidences emphasize either some fate, godlike uh, entity, intelligence making it happen, or it's all random. But you emphasize the, the this human decision making. Please talk about that some more. Yeah, well, so I have another story to tell. I had a friend that was uh, owned this ring that had some stone on it that she couldn't remember what the stone was. And she loved the ring. So she was constantly, you know, looking down at her finger going, what is that stone? I forget. 
And so finally she got it together to want to do something about this. And she chose to write an email to the, to the jeweler and ask what the stone was. Now she didn't hear back from the jeweler and it wasn't even necessarily, I don't remember if it was the same jeweler that she bought the ring from, but she was hoping to get some help and she reached out. She, she made some effort. And in doing so, what I suggest is she it's metaphorically placed apples on certain branches of a tree that is branching out in front of her, like a decision tree of all the possible things she could choose and all the ways that life could go. She placed apples on some of those branches that aligned with her finding out what the stone was in her ring. And having done that, those apples weigh down the branches and they sort of fill in the path to get there. So having set an intention and and then taken action upon it, she's now got a target, which is to find out what the stone is. And then she ended up randomly going to a nail salon that day and getting her nails done. And when she was paying, the person asked if she had a frequent stamp card. So she said, oh, I think I might. Let me look at my purse. And she ruffled around in her purse and accidentally found a business card from the jeweler from when she bought the ring, which had written on it the, the stone, which was blue topaz. So randomly, she found the information she had been looking for elsewhere in her life by following the, the sequence of events in her life after having initiated the search by sending that email to her jeweler. Uh, and that's very similar to the story I read at the beginning, um, where the person is looking for something that is on their person, pretty much, or right near where they are. Yeah. They didn't know where, they didn't know where it was. And, and what we're talking about here is how we describe the the connection between the need being stated or intention uh, as you're saying it but they're both related to each other and it actually happening and i'm a i'm a psychiatrist psychologist so i see it as subconsciously um triggering the memory of where that thing was and being able to find it because need had activated that memory and you used a metaphor that I think we'll talk about more about apples on a tree. And I've read your book and I've looked at the, that apples on the tree thing. I've tried to understand it. And really, I don't understand the apples on the tree metaphor you're using, even as, mm -hmm. as, as much as I've gone over it. And maybe we'll spend some time trying to understand it uh, in our next segment because we only have a, about a minute left of that. But it's the important thing here is your emphasizing and my emphasizing the human decision-making capacity to make these things happen. Yeah, the, the, the universe we live in is responsive. And so it's responding to choices we make. And the choices we make are an essential part of how we guide the unfolding of our own lives. So the, and we get the universe, to, whatever we mean by universe, too. And I think that needs explication. Yeah. It's, like, it's a fairly large thing, this universe. <laughs> uh, and just... And I want to I want to get to what what you mean by it because I have my own ideas about it. But one of the, as we get near the end of it, the universe is not filled with love, as from your perspective. Well, that's a deep question. Uh, we could maybe talk more about that, but it's it's sort of an undefined question in a way about what is love. What does that mean exactly? Oh this yeah, it's something I'm curious about. Uh, love, 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 love. Yeah. Okay. All we you need is the, love. All you need is love. You got that one. We come to the end of this. Love. All right. We've got the end. We're going to sing together. We're talking to Sky Nelson Isaacs, author of Living in the Flow.
Patty Conklin grew up in Brooktondale, New York with a unique ability. Unlike others, she could see how the vibration of words and emotions affected the physical body. She discovered how to release stored emotion and facilitate healing. This began today's Conklin method of cellular cleansing. The private practice grew with tremendous results, as did her reputation. More and more people sought her out, bringing her into the home for healing. She soon realized she could even teach this to others, and they could shift perception and thus prevent illness from occurring. Patty Conklin quickly became a frequent keynote speaker, and she developed a curriculum for teaching the Conklin method of cellular cleansing. For more information, visit pattyconklin.com. P-A-T-T-I-C-O-N-K-L-I-N. pattyconklin.com or call 404-474-0086. That's 404-474-0086. Mission Evolution is dedicated to the well-being of the planet and animals, as well as the evolution of humankind. One major factor threatening all three is increasing toxicity. Heavy metals and other environmental toxins are poisoning our bodies, deteriorating our brains, blocking our spiritual connection, and shortening our lives. Yet these poisons are extremely difficult to remove. I'm Gwilda Wiecka, and I recently became aware of a product created from the marriage of nature and nanotechnology called Vitality. Is formulated from zoolite whose crystalline structure binds toxins, gently carrying them out of the body. The light is only as clear as the window through which it shines. Clear your body, shine your light into the world. Visit VitalityHappens.com for a 20% discount. Enter code PATHHOME. President of a new cancer foundation focusing on evidence-based physical, mental, and spiritual interventions, including natural cancer cures, prayer, meditation, affirmations, nutrition, and other related holistic cancer prevention and cure modalities. These are used in cancer education, research, and financing care. I ask for your help to continue this important work by donating at www.holisticcancerfoundation.com. I think I recognize that song. I'm, I'm a jazz player. I've played a lot of jazz standards over the years. Piano player. Oh, wow. Well, Rob was a musician himself, so we're, we got it going today. <laughs> so we're, we, were, we ended talking about uh, love, love, love. Yeah, Nothing you can do that can't be done. Nothing you can sing that can't be sung. Can't be sung, yeah. So we've been talking about love, 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 and it's a deep question, but a lot of people have these mystical experiences and say it's love out there, that it's the universe is filled with love. It's all over the place. And I, I, I'm a little 
skeptical about that, given all the hate that we are seeing around us now and that's been around for a long time. So how do you how do you do the love question? Well, this is something that I really get into in the Living a Flow course that I've launched back in December. Love, I mean, not specifically, I don't even talk about love. I don't think I mentioned that word. But what I get to is the emotions that we feel which get in the way of flow and how flow is about experiencing the whole spectrum of who we are. It might be resentment. It might be joy. It might be envy. It might be um, a sense of liberation. Jealousy, jealousy, jealousy. Jealousy, yeah. There's there's all there's a whole spectrum of emotions, but we're so programmed to think that some emotions are good and some are bad that we, we often will resist experiencing our, our full spectrum of emotions, especially around uh, the emotion of grief or the, the process of grief. Gr- grief is really a process that involves a lot of complicated emotions. And when we resist being disappointed about something that happens in our life or the, a loss that happens, when we resist those feelings we get in the way of experiencing flow and it might stop us from taking an opportunity in front of us for instance so because you know we we don't want to dive into a feeling of grief that we have from our childhood when we talked with a parent and they minimized us or we felt minimized we might avoid a conversation with that parent later on as an adult because we don't want to dive into those feelings and yet that's an opportunity that we have with them to resolve some of our past and we pass up the opportunity and so we never resolve or heal that past or it could show up at work. We've got some grief from when we were a child with our parents, but at work with our manager, we're, we're, we're afraid to take an opportunity to speak with them about something important because it brings up those same patterns. So I think that when we talk about hate in the world, it's really about the, the, the repression of certain experiences that we don't want to deal with. It's, we don't actually, there is no such thing as actual um, hate as a force. There really is just love. Uh, a, a desire for connection and empathy. And yet when we resist or the, the parts of ourselves that we don't want to deal with, then we start acting in ways that, il- that elicit you know, negative emotions. And we would consider that to be hate. That's, that's very interesting. And so, so from a personal <laughs> level, what this can do is it can open up the possibilities for how you respond to synchronicities in your life when you have more access to your emotions and you have tools to to recognize the patterns of thought that are getting in your way of being really free in your choices. Please define synchronicity for us. A synchronicity is a meaningful event or an event which seems meaningful because it leads to an experience that you're seeking to have. So in this, in the case where the woman looked in her purse and found the card for the jeweler that had the words blue topaz written on it, which gave her a, told her what the stone was that she was looking to figure out that was a random event but it is meaningful for to her because she was looking to experience uh, remembering what that stone was and so that in in fact the the request of the um, nail salon person to have her look in her purse for her for her card was a synchronicity because it led to the experience she was seeking to have oh wow um i look at this is not random because random has a lot of meanings to it. Um, that's, that's, it and it, it's, it gets to be hard to define, uh, but it usually means like uh, who knows how it happens. It's that kind of thing. <laughs> uh, and it's, it's, 
it's a kind of um, go-to explanation the way for some people the universe is. It's like you can't argue with random, with statisticians, because that's a final cause, and you can't argue with universe or some deity doing it. It's, it's a final cause. Uh, I look at it as, uh, I call it human GPS. Uh, I believe that we have the capacity to find what we need without knowing how we did it. And it's a kind of parapsychological approach that has been studied as psi-mediated instrumental responses, which is a long way of saying that it's a psi-mediated uh, kind of telepathy, uh, clairvoyant kind of way of experiencing the world that we then have a GPS capacity to find out where that thing is. I like that analogy. Uh, one thing that comes to mind with that is is that what's essentially guiding, in my view, the process of synchronicity are the experiences that we anticipate. So we anticipate a certain outcome or a certain experience that we want to have, like satisfying the, the knowledge of what the stone is in our ring. And through that anticipation of, of that experience, we make it more likely that situations will happen which fill in the path to get there. And that's, and that's not random. That is, that is a probabilistic image. Right, and we're, we're, influ having. we're influencing on that tree of possibilities of, of all the branches that could occur, which are, we could talk about the science of that and how that's, that's a real thing, not just a, like an imagined philosophy, but that there's this, this wave function, if you will, of all the possibilities. And, and you know, I have to support that with evidence and with, with theory, and that's what my work is as a physicist. But that we are interacting with that tree and making it more, more or less likely that certain outcomes will occur. And what I want to point out, too, in relation to what you said, is that I think that the world we live in actually feels what we feel. So our, the, the biggest choice we're making on a daily basis is what we decide to feel. And when we feel a strong, envious feeling towards someone in our lives, for instance, we make it likely that situations will show up which... Uh, which support that sort of envious nature. You know, we might have another situation where they get something we don't get and you know, it creates tension in us. We, we, the, the, the world feels what we feel and responds based on that feeling. It's a, uh, it's a controversial way of looking at it, but I think that's what we'll get to eventually. I think there's a lot to it. I, I think that I, I've led a life uh, of being able to imagine things and make them happen. Um, and it's, it's, uh, I wanted to have an album um, based on coincidence stories in my uh, coincidence book, Connecting with Coincidence. And uh, I've got the album now. Uh, it took I a remember that, years, yeah. took a couple yeah. of years to do that. Uh, and, and I'm looking at it uh, from a more cognitive, I call them expectation videos, that the expectation videos help make what you're imagining happen. If they're kind of practical, you've got to deal with uh, what's possible out there. Uh, you're focusing on emotions that you allow yourself to feel that then also produce uh, things out in the environment. Yeah, and uh, work that I've done in the past year that I'll be uh, publishing in the coming year, it's, I'll just hint at it a little bit. It talks about the the science of holograms and how to how holograms are whole 
representations of an object on a flat piece of film. And so in, you look in this film and you see a three-dimensional object that seems to be floating there, and it's somewhat of an illusion. And what I suspect is that the physical world actually is this way as well, that the, the mathematics of quantum mechanics displays these same characteristics. And what that leads to is this idea that time is not just about the moment that we're in, but it's about a extended film strip of moments. And so when we're, when we're navigating our lives, we're actually on a film strip. And you brought up that analogy a minute ago. And this film strip branches in many different ways. So there's like lots of endings to the possible film, like a choose your own adventure novel. But nevertheless, you're selecting not just a choice in the moment, but a film strip, which in includes an outcome in the future. And when we make choices, we're selecting between these different future possibilities. Yeah, I, th I think there's a lot to that. Um, uh, I think there's a lot to that. Um, one of the other um, related topics is uh, um, an acronym you use called LORAX. Could you tell us about that? The LORAX is process is a, a set of steps that I find that help me get back into flow when I'm out of flow. The, f the first step is to listen to life. And this can be the hardest sometimes, to notice a situation that shows up in your life and uh, be able to pay attention to it enough to then take the next step, which is to open your mind. A lot of times what happens in our lives, based on some hidden emotion that we might have, we, we interpret things a certain way. We might have a negative uh, assessment of something right off the bat. And the, the step here is to open our minds, to not really be certain where this is leading and, and have some, some open-mindedness. And then from there, we can reflect on it a little bit more to have the space to decide, oh, well, maybe there's some way in which this situation is actually helping me out. And uh, from you know, that step can take a little while because we can sort of let in, filter in lots of different information about our situation that we might not have paid attention to yet. And one, then- one, one example of this is having an illness of some kind. Yes, and, and I have some stories that can illuminate this maybe in the, in the next segment. And then we uh, often... We're, we're, we're coming to the end of this one. Yeah. And I, I think going slowly on this is really important. The, right. the idea of listening to life, to stop and allow oneself to reflect. Uh, and this, I call it uh, activating your self-observer, uh, this reflection, where you can step back and look at yourself and coincidences um, are a wonderful way that make people, if they're interested in, step back and reflect on what's going on with them because you have to wonder about usually the connection between what you're thinking and what's happening out there. You're listening to Connecting with Coincidence. I'm your host, Dr. Bernie Beitman, MD. We're on the Exxon Broadcast Network. And our guest is Sky Nelson Isaac, author of Being in the, Living in the Flow. audience. If you have seen a UFO, had a close encounter, seen a ghost, Bigfoot, lake monster, or a story that you would like to share or have investigated, contact me, Rob McConnell, by sending me your email to xzone at xzoneradiotv.com, or you can call toll-free 1-800-610-7035, extension 143, and on Skype, xzoneradiotv. For more information on the Exxon Radio TV show with yours truly, Rob McConnell, visit www.exxoneradiotv.com.
or www.xzonetvchannel.com or simultv.com and xzbn.net. Until next we meet here in the X-Zone from our broadcast center and studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Always remember X-Zone Nation. Keep your eyes to the sky and your heart in the light. Join Patty Conklin and Healing Within Radio each week. More than entertainment, Healing Within offers educational, useful tools for everyday life. Listen for help overcoming fear, anxiety, and depression. Patty knows about eliminating cancer, MS, dementia, Parkinson's, and a host of illnesses that we face every day. Life can be good. Life is good. All you need are simple tools to start changing your life. Start right now by visiting pattyconklin.com, P-A-T-T-I-C-O-N-K-L-I-N. No matter where you are in the world, you can work with Patty through Skype, phone, or in person, visiting one of her retreats in Georgia. Visit pattyconklin.com today or call our offices at 404-474-0086. That's pattyconklin.com or call 404 404- Four seven four zero zero eight six. Coming soon to the Exxon Broadcast Network is a different perspective with me, Kevin Randall, as your host. We'll be taking a close look at what is happening in the world of UFOs today with side trips into the paranormal. Guests will range from those who are household names to those who have a different perspective on a variety of topics. No topic will be taboo, but there will be tough questions asked as we all search for the truth about UFOs, the paranormal, and those things that excite us. Sometimes we'll agree with a guest and sometimes we won't, but we'll try to keep the program topical. For those of you who would like to read, be sure to visit www.kevinrandall.blogspot.com and remember to listen to the other fine programs on the X-Zone Broadcast Network at www.xzbn.net. All right, Sky Nelson Isaac. Hey, Rob picked it. He's good at that. Uh, Thank you. Um, uh, We've been talking about the Lorax, and I appreciate the backup on that. That's really nice. Um, Talking about the Lorax is a Dr. Seuss kind of animal, too, by the way. You probably know that. Yeah, that's a great one. So we we were talking about uh, the L of Lorax, the um, the the stepping back and looking, listening uh, to life, 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 life. And what's the O in Lorax? It's to open your mind. So I, I have a story that will illuminate how the Lorax works in my life. So a, a woman I, I spoke with was at the grocery store and bought some groceries. And one of the things she bought was this muesli, you know, that's a granola kind of cereal. And she was on her bike and she's on her bike on the way home and she put it all in her, her basket on her bike. So it's sitting out front of her bicycle. And she had to stop at the doctor's office on the way. And she locked up her bike and thought to herself, um, you know, I should bring this 
these groceries in, but no one's going to steal my muesli. It was kind of expensive muesli. She had this attachment to the cereal, you know, and, but no one's going to steal my muesli. That's ridiculous. So I'm just going to go into the doctor. So she comes back out of the doctor's office and sure enough, somebody's stolen her stuff. And she is like, oh, I, I really wanted that muesli. And it turns out her glasses were missing too. Sunglasses. So, sunglasses. Sunglasses. Yeah. So she's, now she's really bummed. She lost this expensive pair of sunglasses, but she decides to listen to the circumstances, like notice this is happening without getting caught up in the frustration and the grief and, um, and open her mind. Like, what should I do about this? Well, uh, what I feel like doing is, is I want this muesli. I'm going to go back to the store and just get some more. Like I'm still close enough to make it worthwhile to me. So she rides back to the store. And when she's there, she tells them, yeah, I got my muesli stolen and my sunglasses as well, so I'm just going to get some more. And they say, well, are these your sunglasses? And they pull out from the check register a pair of sunglasses that have been left behind. And she said, yes. So if it hadn't been going back to deal with the muesli, if the muesli hadn't been stolen and she hadn't followed her instinct to go back and purchase some more, she would have lost some valuable sunglasses. And so there's, there's – How did those sunglasses get back to the store? Well, they weren't stolen from the bike. She left them at the store. That's what happened. That's what <laughs> happened. Good. So, so it's a, separate events that are totally unrelated, but the stealing of the muesli allowed her to figure out that her sunglasses got left behind 20 minutes before. <laughs> so by opening your mind to the situation, oh, my, my stuff got stolen. This is obviously a negative thing. Well, maybe not. Let's just reflect on it and see what comes of it. And then in that reflection process, she went back to the store and found her sunglasses. And so there's a releasing also this is the fourth step to release the attachment to how we thought things were going to go. I thought I was going to ride my bike home and get there without any problem. And now I have to go back to the store and deal with the situation. And from there, she was able to act and go back to the store. So she had to listen to the situation, open her mind, reflect on what it might all mean and then decide and release her attachment to having things go smoothly and then from there she could choose to act in a way that solved her problem unbeknownst to her i'm curious about this uh relationship between open her mind and reflect um, they seem to be very much tied to each other how do you not open your mind how do you open your mind and not reflect well, they are tied to each other. Opening your mind is a very simple step. It's simply saying, maybe I'm wrong. <laughs> you know, how easy oh. is that to do, right? It's not. But it's just one statement. Maybe I'm wrong about this. Maybe I'll win and maybe I'll lose. <laughs> and from there, the reflection step is much more drawn out. It's, it's really looking at all yeah. the information we have about the situation and allowing it to filter in over time. And then, the, then after reflection is what with the second R? Release. So often, often we, you know, we reflect and we say, oh, yeah, this is a good opportunity for me to you know, go back and maybe get some more muesli or in, in a more impactful situation, it might be a good opportunity to try something different than you've been trying. But often we're attached to how what we had in our mind is how things were going to go. Yeah, so there's, yeah. there's a letting go that has to happen. When we're in synchronicity, paying attention to synchronicity and getting into flow in our life, there's a tremendous amount of letting go that needs to happen. But it's not just, like we said earlier, it's not just surrendering. It's a dynamic relationship between the events of your life and the choices that you're willing to make to accommodate. 
And the, the X of Lorax is what? Yeah, that's to, to not stop. So, uh, like there's an often a, a sense of wanting to surrender or, or to give up on the process. And one of the things I talk about in the Living and Flow course is getting out of, you know, stopping the self-sabotage that can happen. We, we build momentum by taking action in our life because every action we take is setting a target in the future. Certain branches of the tree that get get become more likely that align with our choices. And as we make those choices and experience life circumstances, we move along this tree towards areas of the tree that are more likely to have uh, the positive outcome that we want. But we don't necessarily get there right away. It can take many days or months or years to, to reach the outcomes that we want. And as we do this, we're building momentum by moving to areas of the tree that have more apples, more possibilities for this positive experience to happen. But we have to keep, through in this cycle, keep uh, opening our mind and listening to life in order to get there. Got it. Um, tell us more about your course and, and, and uh, what's in it and how people get on it. The Living and Flow course is available on the website, the letter youthrivehere.com slash livingandflow. And you can find there a, a um, webinar that we've created to sort of learn about the course. It's a chance to learn how to change more effectively in your life. I find that people, uh, and myself included, often come up against ways that we want to change. Like in the new year, we have a New Year's resolution. And we try, but what usually gets in the way is some hidden emotion that we have that we're kind of unaware of because it's just running our, our life. It's running our choices. And it's based on some conditioning that we have from childhood, maybe. But nevertheless, we have some, some hidden emotion in there that's stopping us from being able to actually change the way that we behave. And when we can identify, and, and so the course gives tools to help identify what these things are that are uh, stopping us from being able to choose differently. Because I think living in flow and seeing synchronicity in your life comes down to choice. It's how do you choose in a given moment to... Pay, to, to go with the circumstance in the best possible way, which often goes against how we thought things were supposed to go. How do we open our minds to a new way of interpreting what our spouse says to us that actually benefits the relationship rather than repeating the same uh, experiences again and again of frustration that we might be creating in our lives in, in various ways. So the course offers tools to become more productive, to end tools or end patterns of self-sabotage and build momentum towards your goals. It's, it's so psychological. Um, it's it just some of the aims you're describing of the course and Lorax and uh, your views of synchronicity and choice uh, are so much what I do as a psychotherapist with patients to help them see that they are more responsible for what happens to them they ha than they had thought. They're not, they're not victims. Um, only they can be to some extent, but they are not victims of the future. They can decide, and I help them see more alternatives. So, uh, I, I'm, I'm, it's just interesting to me to hear you talking so psychologically about repressed emotions, for example, that get in the way of good decision making. Of course, that's that's part of what I do with people. Yeah, so yeah, it, and, and I tie it in with it. The first video lays out the physics 
that I think underlies the the branching cosmos, the branching possibilities that we live in. And from there, I tie in, the, I create the model of the apple tree, and I tie in all the psychological things you talk about into this physical model of how we select between one pot, one branching reality and another branching reality. Uh, it's it, what's what's refreshing to me about yours as let's say a psychological therapy is the, your emphasis on the future most therapies have been uh, not future oriented although that's just what we're supposed to be doing is imagining better futures with our clients and with our patients that's our job i think and yet so many therapists are stuck talking about the past or even the here and now without emphasizing just what future these the the patient wants to imagine needs to imagine and helping them get there yeah that's beautiful and i think this ties into synchronicity very closely because i see synchronicities the meaningful coincidences of our lives as the perfect guideposts to help us understand what is the next thing i need to work on so it's not about the past but it is about letting life show you the past you need to focus on in order to get into the present that you into the future that you want to experience that's exactly what i'm thinking about that's right uh we got about a minute left so how does that topaz story help this person um get sharper about her future well if you start seeing synchronicity in your life and and trusting that that you will get the information you need when you need it then you begin to take chances in ways that you might not otherwise. You begin to make choices that uh, leave open possibilities and give you more, um, you know, embrace a bigger life for yourself that you might not otherwise think is possible. So synchronicity can open you up to possibilities is what you're suggesting. Yes, and give you the courage to work towards those possibilities, to believe in yourself and take steps towards the things that you want to create in the world. So, one of the definitions of synchronicity that's a tight one uh, among Jungians is only those meaningful coincidences that help the person individuate, become who they are. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of what you're, interested, you're, you're emphasizing. We've come to the end of this segment. You're listening to Connecting with Your Coincidence. I'm your host, Dr. Bernie Beitman, MD, and we're talking with Sky Nelson Isaacs, author of Living in Flow. If you are looking for a safe, zero-calorie, natural option to the harmful artificial sweeteners on the market today, Just Like Sugar is what you're looking for. Just Like Sugar is a wonderful natural alternative for those health-conscious people who choose a calorie-restricted diet with a great, pure, sweet flavor that tastes just like sugar. Just Like Sugar is a great natural option for people suffering from diabetes and may be useful in restricted diet programs where standard sugars are not allowed and does not cause a laxative effect of some other sweeteners. Just Like Sugar comprises a perfect blend of chicory root fiber, natural calcium, natural vitamin C, and Just Like Sugar's sweetness comes from the natural flavors from the peel of the orange. Just Like Sugar is a natural alternative to harmful artificial sweeteners and will change the way that you believe all natural sweetener products taste. Just Like Sugar is available at your local Whole Foods markets, Wild Oats markets, Henry's, Sun Harvest, and many other fine natural food stores in the U.S., Canada, and worldwide. 
They are here, and they've been here for thousands of years, making their presence known in the shadows. They might be seen by a lonely motorist on a deserted road late at night, or by a frightened and confused husband in the bedroom he is sharing with his wife. But who are they? What do they want? Why are they here? Perhaps most concerning, has the government been aware of their presence all along? The new book by Ellie Marzulli, UFO Disclosure, The 70-Year Cover-Up Exposed, delves into the world of UFOs. Can full disclosure be soon? Order now and receive a free hour and 37-minute DVD on the UFO phenomenon, UFOs Are Real. Get both the book and the DVD, a $40 value, for only $19.99. To order your book and DVD today, go to lamarzuli.net. That's L-A-M-A-R-Z-U-L-L-I.net. You have heard of the X-Zone? Now watch it on Simul TV, plus 500 video games, live TV channels, free video on demand, worldwide, and more. Does this sound like tomorrow's television? Well, it is, but you can have it today, right now. It is Simul TV. Simul TV offers what the others only wish they could provide. 15 exclusive channels like X-Zone, Sci-Fi, and Horror. We are worldwide. No other provider offers that. 500 built-in video games. No need to have an extra expensive system. We have them included. Free video on demand. Live streaming events from around the world. Interactive online network and much more. Tomorrow's TV today. Simul TV. Sound too good to be true? Well, it's not. You can have Simul TV today. Sign up at simultv.com. Do it today. Memorable dynamic presentations are a not-so-secret weapon in the business world. Do you have a powerful message that must be shared, but you haven't found a way to deliver that message? Do you want to be known as a top public speaker who gets amazing results? Are you ready to create and deliver your powerful message? Thomas Hides can help you create and deliver your speech to get the results you desire. Visit IconQuality.com. Did you expect your business to flourish, but instead it plateaued or didn't get off the ground yet? Would you like to achieve massive goals and discover new sources of income within your business? When you're ready to experience that type of success with fast results, Cindy Hendricks is the business coach for you. Her work with entrepreneurs and business owners has been life-changing. To get you and your business where you wanna be, go to imaginemoresuccess.com. Has the fear of public speaking stalled your business or personal life? What would you give to develop and maintain supreme confidence? Have an invaluable private program to always perform at your best. Imagine how you would feel. You can have all that and so much more today with Thomas Hyde's life-changing course called Number One Fear Unleashed. Visit NumberOneFear.com and be liberated from your fear of public speaking. Yeah, I like that one. I like that one. So, Sky, you, you had, yeah, you had an exercise. You had an exercise you wanted to be able to talk to us about. Yeah. So, in the last example, I talked about the the stolen granola that the woman had, and the, but it led her to go back to the store and find her sunglasses that she left there. 
So one of the exercises I teach in the Living and Flow course has to do with reprogramming worry. And synchronicity helps us do this. So when, how often do we have worries about something and not go back and test whether they were really worth worrying about? One thing that we can do to, to live more of the lives that we want to live is to really go back and assess whether our, the things we're worried about were worth worrying about. So one thing that we can do is, like in the situation with the, the bicycle and the, the, the cereal getting stolen, is to, you know, in that moment when we walk out of the doctor's office and we find that this, our cereal has been stolen from our bike, we have a gut-wrenching feeling of disappointment and um, loss and frustration and, and maybe a negative story like, this always happens to me, I should never have left this outside or whatever those self-critical tendencies might be. But then she goes back to the store and realizes that she found her sunglasses because she went back to the store because her muesli was stolen. And so now she realizes that this all actually worked out much better than it, than it would have if she had just gone home with her, with her muesli not stolen. And she realizes that there's a bigger picture that she's part of. And so then the practice at this point that I help people do in the Living and Flow course is to stop, you know, listen to the situation and really feel what it felt like to be anxious when her stuff was stolen. That feeling of gut-wrenching discomfort. Really let that feeling back in to your body. So you're experiencing in your chest a sensation associated with that disappointment. And then remember, bring in the information that it actually was helping you find your sunglasses or helping you resolve a problem that was much bigger than you had imagined. And in doing so, you reprogram the part of you that's just reacting with this negativity emotionally with information and, and new, new feelings that are about being part of something bigger and solving bigger problems than you had imagined. And so the next time this happens, the next time somebody gets in your way and, or you get in a car accident or you know, an appointment is scheduled that you really needed to go to and it gets canceled, the next time this happens, you have a different emotion, not just the disappointment and frustration, but also a sense of uh, wonder about what bigger thing this could be solving for you. That's and very you, good. You reprogram that worry to be a different feeling. Yeah, it, it's it said in another way, uh, some of these blocks we have um, that for what we want to have happen have in them uh, potentials for something positive to happen afterwards. And the more we can respond in an open-minded and, and, and not the negative assumption, but be able to see a bigger picture, the more likely we are to have a nice experience, a pleasant experience. And certainly sometimes we need to be disappointed by life. That's fine. But it's the times when we are disappointed and things actually work out well that we want to go back and reprogram a little bit. Right. Uh, I like this phrase, one door closes and another opens, that means you're in prison. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> I haven't heard that before. Yeah, I mean, ultimately, I think the goal of being in flow, and, and maybe more importantly, the role of synchronicity in our lives is to bring about a deeper sense of freedom of choice. A lot of times our minds are built around structures about what we're supposed to do in the world, how it's appropriate to behave, what choices we're allowed to make, what we're capable of and not capable of based on what our parents told us. And what synchronicity is doing is showing us event after event which help us uncover a deeper sense of freedom 
growing into something bigger than what we thought we could be and up-leveling our skills to get to just whatever our next level of capacity is, whether that's a greater level of depth in our relationship or with our intimate partner or whether it's another level of uh, self-confidence in our work. Every part of our lives has a chance to up-level our skills and that's it's, what synchronicity is designed to do. It's, it's so psychotherapeutic. It's just unbelievable to me as I listen to you more. I hadn't gotten this straight before, but one of the, one of, to me, one of the uh, functions of meaningful coincidence and synchronicity is also spiritual development. And that, that we need to be able to do both psychological and spiritual development and synchronicity can help us with that. What do you think of that? Yeah, so for me, spiritual development has always been a very big part of my interest. And synchronicity to me is this coming together of these two worlds, this world of physics where the events that happen, like the fact that her muesli was stolen and the fact that her sunglasses were lost, those are physical events. And yet there's this intersection between that and the meaning that those circumstances have for her. So synchronicity is a, a, an experience that sort of bridges that gap between um, the study of meaning or spiritual aspects of life and the physical events that happen to us. And my, my su suggestion is that the physical things that happen to us are precisely those things that are bringing us meaningful um, growth in our lives. And when we pay attention in that way, we start to really accelerate our growth as a spiritual person. And what do you mean by spiritual? Well, that's a good question. Uh, I don't have a, a clear definition. I think spiritual has to do with self-reflection and understanding ourselves, understanding who we are, what our role is in the cosmos, how we make choices, how we navigate the difficulties of our life, and how we narrate the difficulties of our life, you know, what we're here to do in life. And, and that last part is, uh, is so important, um, what we are here to do. Um, uh, I think at the beginning of your book, you say, we don't know what we're doing here. <laughs> and I think that's true. Um, uh, why are we here? What do, what do we, what's our purpose in life becomes a question a lot of people ask. And how does synchronicity uh, help people determine, find out, discover, create their, their particular purpose in life? Well, let me talk about spirituality. Let me talk about healing. These are very vague terms in a way. Ultimately, what I think is that we have layers of programs that we've developed in our life, programs of like literally how we respond to situations that are maybe out of our control because our, our mind is just doing a certain response, a certain set of thoughts that make us respond a certain way. And healing is about unlayering those layers, peeling them back to access what's underneath. And underneath, and this is the practice of spirituality, it's just getting at what's underneath. So it's not about creating a more spiritual self. It's about uncovering the natural tendencies that we have as human beings, who we are intuitively. And we don't have to create that. We just have to unpack the layers of conditioning or filters that lie on top of that. So spirituality is a very practical thing of simply understanding or, or getting access to who you are at your core. And that's... Uh so psychotherapeutic uh, it's like going layers of unconscious or subconscious is what some psychologists might call it yeah and i think that there is a 
there's a bottom level. Like there's a point at which we store, we, we remove enough of the layers that we have access to who we really are. And then it just becomes about showing up in your life, showing up with a sense of enthusiasm and a sense of clarity of who you are and what you believe. And this is the, the real goal here is to become more effective agents of change in our life, whether it's, it's creating, creating a relationship or creating a business or whatever. What's really so beautiful about what you're saying um, is that synchronicity in your way of describing it helps with becoming yourself, not just yourself, yourself, but in your life, interpersonally and uh, professionally, uh, work that you're doing. It makes you a better functioner as your real self in the environment of people and of people that you're involved with. And uh, one of the, the deficits I see in a lot of spiritual uh, groups is the lack of emphasis on interpersonal development. Yes, I think it ultimately is all about, do you mean interpersonal or intra, interpersonal? In, interpersonal. Like, so between people. Between people, yeah. Yeah, I think the beauty and the magic of flow is that when we seek what it is that we ourselves genuinely want to create in our lives, when we, when we decide to leave the job that isn't serving us and go for the job that we care about more, we, just as one example, we serve the whole picture as well. By, by being authentic in our lives, we get into flow with our life and show up in other people's lives as an inspiration for them or as solving problems for them that, that they're having. And we don't know how that is. You know, we, we don't have, we don't, we're not trying to solve other people's problems. We're not trying to create a better world. We're just trying to create a life that works for us. And yet when we do that, we get into flow with our life and it actually builds uh, coherence among all our different lives. And we start to solve problems like climate change simply by focusing on how do I be more authentic in my life, be more honest and open with the people in my life, and what kinds of problems get solved from that? I think flow is a, a way in which we act purposefully in our personal lives, and yet we influence the community that we're in in the optimal way. That's, my experience is I've gotten more, say, in the flow, is that I can run into people who bring me down when I'm being myself. Uh, what about that? Well, uh, we, you know, I think ultimately we are the source of whatever energy, whatever positive attitude we want to bring in the world. And we're going to be faced with challenges from, you know, different people at different times. And synchronicity is a reflection of what's going on inside of ourselves. So when a situation shows up that is bringing us down and we get into that situation, we, we go down with it. It's reflecting a, a part of ourselves that feels that way. Good. We've got, we're good. Very good. It's great talking with this guy. Thanks, You're Bernie. It's great to be on your show. You were listening to Connecting with Coincidence. I'm yours, Dr. Bernie Biteman, MD, and the Exxon Broadcast Network. Our guest has been Sky Nelson Isaac, author of Living in the Flow, The Science of Synchronicity and How Your Choices Shape Your World. <laughs>